Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and uh, no, today we are not in the Rabbit Hole Studio. We are bringing you another edition of No Rest for the Weekend, The Home Game, sponsored by COVID-19. So today on the program, we're going to bring you some of the wonderful women of web series. Uh, since you guys have been sequestered and you probably still are at this point by the time this airs, I just wanted to uh, give you uh, maybe idea on some great digital content uh, out there. The first up is a show called Cafe Con Leche, which is a comedy talk show on Footprint.tv. And uh, I sat down recently with the host of Cafe Con Leche, Ashley North. So I want to talk about uh, more of your, I won't call it your day job, but your your gig a, about hosting the uh, Cafe Con Leche. Yes. So Frank Fernandez was here, who produces that show, mm-hmm. told us a little bit about it. But um, wh- how do you see it? Like, what? what it tell is, us a little bit about the show. It's kind of like The View meets Dave Chappelle, and it's kind of like we interview people, but it's kind of there's no seriousness about it. And I think right now in America and around the world, people really need to laugh and have a good time. And really, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about laughter and people having fun and having a good time and just being the best that they can be because everything's so serious at this at this time. And you have a partner in the show. Yeah, um, Willie Back. I met him on a set a couple of years ago and really funny guy and he doesn't take himself seriously and he's very hardworking and really enjoy I enjoy hosting with him because you never know what's going to come out of his face and I always just die laughing. What kind of people have you had on the show? You have guests on the show, right? We've had different type of guests. We've had everything from, you know, designers like Chris Barreto down to we did one recently with a cigar shop and then we went back to um, the Bronx with Willie which will be out soon and that was so funny and we try to do the year enders every year something in you know in our house or with our friends and family and then we go back to the flashbacks of, of the year and we have a good time doing that. If you're a Netflix subscriber you can also catch Ashley North in The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. Uh, great time to catch up on that sort of thing. And Cafe Con Leche is on Footprint.tv, as is this show. Also on Netflix, Celia Ao stars in Wu Assassins. Uh, she's a rising star in uh, film and TV. And uh, I just we had her on the show uh, just last year. So I'll let her tell you a little bit about herself and Wu Assassins. We're going to talk about Wu Assassins, but first I want to talk about you. Sure, what do you want to know about me? Well, I want to get uh, a gauge of sort of how you got into this whole uh, show business thing, how you okay. got into acting, how you got into filmmaking, and uh, what is your origin story, so to speak? Well, I'm a kid from Brooklyn, New York. Give it up for Brooklyn! Uh, I mean, as a kid, I've never really thought about acting. Uh, my parents own a video store, so I grew up watching a lot of films, especially Hong Kong films, because they own like an Asian-American video store, which we have like Hong Kong films, Chinese films, uh, Japanese, Korean, and American uh, American films, and some European cinemas. And I'm always looking in like movies. I'm like, this this is so cool, but I don't know how people make money in this box. Like, I mean, like work. I mean, a career and a job is like being a lawyer, being a doctor, being a police officer. You know, an accounting, but. But, but an actor, that's just never something that occurred to me at all. And um, when I was in school, I was in a specialized track from junior high school to high school for law. And I wanted to become a lawyer because I thought, hey, being a lawyer could be like a superhero in some sort, like trying to help the good guys and then put the bad guys in jail. 
And the more I study about law, the more I realize that you work for the person that hires you and the person that pays for you. And that changed my uh, mentality. And then I end, on, end up in a track for advertising. Because I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. You get to be creative. You get to do things and, and create these elaborate ads and, and have it inspire people and have like motivate people to go buy stuff. Um, so then I started college doing that. And <laughs> first year of college, I took something uh, easy. I thought was an easy A elective called Theater 101. I learned about theater, saw some Broadway shows. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then summer class, I took a summer elective, Acting 101. And I was like, well, this is fun. I learned what a monologue is, but I don't really know. And uh, I remember I remember telling my professor this, that I was like, oh, how does one make a living being an actor? And he goes, well, I know I wouldn't be like, teaching here <laughs> I, I'm still friends with him when I when I tell him about it, he's like I never said that I'm like yes you did and he's like no I did not he's like I've never told my student that and I'm like mm, I remember that um, but yeah from there on I was like I don't take no for an answer so I, I end up like googling stuff searching for stuff myself and uh, my first acting job ever was being a background on a TV show and I was like what's a background this is this is cool okay this is easy I just sent in my picture and then I, and they're like oh you got the job I'm like oh it's so easy to get the job I showed up and I was sitting in the background for 16 hours I'm like this is the worst job ever you're not doing anything productive and uh, <laughs> I was like wow I don't think I'll ever want to become an actor this is not fun at all then there's this guy that walked towards me and he was an Asian guy and in the scene he was just getting picked on and I was like hey man this sucks you're probably the only Asian guy on the show and you're getting picked on and he just looked at me and smiled and he sat next to me and was like hey what's up what's your name um do you want to become an actor is that what you're inspiring to be I'm like no because this is so boring I've been sitting here for 16 hours I'm tired I want to go home I have to go to school tomorrow and he goes Oh, what you're doing is called background. You're literally part of the background. I was like, what? Yeah, you're like the set. Yeah, he's like, you're part of the set. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And he started describing to me and explaining to me what acting's about and what's like a guest star, what's the lead, what's a one-liner and all. I'm like, oh, this is intriguing. This is cool. And he's like, do you want to try this? And I was like, yeah. He was like, there's not a lot of Asians in our industry. I mean, knock on wood, he was such a nice guy. He met up with me uh, during lunch at school the next day, gave me a rundown, and he introduced me to his manager. And that was my first manager ever. Moving along to the Netflix show, so Wu Assassins. Yes. Um, I talked a little bit about it on the show last week, but uh, for those who didn't catch it, what is that, uh, pick, what is that show about? Uh, Wu Assassins is a uh, martial arts fantasy show set in San Francisco Chinatown. And um, basically it's about this one guy living his normal life in Chinatown and one day um, bumps into this person named Ying Ying who I play and then I tell him that he is the Wu assassin and that there's supernatural powers in this world and he goes are you kidding me no way there's no supernatural powers in this world I live in San Francisco I grew up here none of this happens and after I told him that he's starting to realize there's kind of mystical magical forces and things are happening uh, and then he have to accept the fact that he's the Wu Assassins and he needs to help finish my mission in uh, completing 
because um, so the Wu assassin basically Wu means five in Chinese. It's okay. The assassins of the five. See, that's good to know because I had no idea what yes. Wu meant. It's not the last name Wu. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, so it's the five elements. So the the little bit of a backstory is that um, there's these five elemental powers and it was landed in the wrong hand. So these people use it for bad. So it's like usually throughout history, warlords were using it to cause destruction in the world and to try to control and hold power. And then cut to modern day as these basically triad leaders, gang leaders, mafia leaders that are holding these five powers right now. And in order to grab them, to get them back, the Wu assassin needs to kill them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, and take the power back and to restore balance into the world. From the trailer, it you're almost you kind of come off like the Obi Wan or the Yoda to this guy. Is that how you would describe it? Uh, yes, there are certain days on set that um, a crew was like, "Oh, hey, Yoda's here." <laughs> <laughs> so you like you're like Yoda if he was like uh, a petite Asian woman kind of thing instead of a little green. Yeah, man. yeah, and um, younger. I'm I guess I'm like one of the youngest. I'm not sure if this is right or wrong, but I believe uh, sh- I am the youngest portrayed master. Okay. Quick update. Celia was recently on the show Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Uh, she was on the season finale of that show. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere by now. Uh, she's also been uh, very uh, outspoken and uh, speaking out uh, against the uh, racism and uh, violence that's been committed against Asian Americans uh, during the COVID-19 uh, crisis. Uh, she's part of the movement, hashtag Wash the Hate. So to learn more about that, uh, you can go to washthehate.com. Two ex-friends inherit their parents' exterminator business. That's the premise of You're the Pest. Taylor Coriel is one of the stars and co-creators of the series. You're the Pest is a, a comedic web series about two former friends who take over their parents' extermination company in Queens. Uh, my writing partner, Jasmine, and I were having brunch. We uh, live really close to each other in Astoria. Uh, and there were these dudes at a table next to us. And they were like, they had noticed that I had been uh, studying a script before she met up with me. And they were like, oh, are you both actors? And we said, yes, obviously. And we asked them what they did. And one of them was like a fireman and one was like a personal trainer. And then one of them said that they were an exterminator. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't necessarily look like I thought in my head an exterminator would look. Cause you kind of think like dads, you know? Right. And, um, or like the guy from arachnophobia. <laughs> Yeah. And um, Uh, and so, you know, we were like, oh, that's crazy. I've never met an exterminator, which is weird because you live in New York and there's pests everywhere. Um, And so we said I looked at him. I was like, well, do you know any um, female exterminators? And he said no. And Jasmine and I just sort of looked at each other and a light bulb went off and we thought it would be a funny, a funny idea for a show. You're the Pest is now streaming on Footprint.tv, Sika TV, and YouTube. For more on that show, you can check out their website, You'reThePestSeries.com. And for more on Taylor Coriel, you can check out TaylorCoriel.com. Jenny Paul is an actor and creator and a two-time guest on the show. The last time she was here, she talked about her series, Adulting with Jane. Adulting with Jane is a shoppable a DIY comedy series about a millennial, uh, Jane, who may or may not have certain adulting skills like sewing a button, changing a tire, 
um, how to help a friend with a panic attack, all sorts of stuff. Um, and the show basically exists to demystify these individual things, but also to be a sitcom in and of itself. So, um, so yeah, each episode has a different expert influencer that comes to teach Jane how to do something that could help her in her real life. With this character, who is she's uh, a generation, uh, a, a millennial generation character? I would say um, I would say millennial, maybe slipping into Gen Z, but right. by a large millennial. Uh, and um, for uh, for for Gen Xers like myself, <laughs> uh, kind of explain the whole like how she fits into the whole. Uh, scenario of adulting and what that concept is. So basically, I would say Jane is a pretty average millennial as far as things go. Most millennials, um, unlike Gen Xers and baby boomers and up um, the great generation, are very good at taking care of themselves in certain ways, whether it be getting to their job on time or being on top of their fashion or their uh, or their design or their um, relationships, but they're not necessarily good at the things that you know some of our parents and our and the people just older than us learned pretty young in life, like sewing, changing tires. These are things that were kind of normal and natural for people to learn, and somehow our generation missed some of that. Now I have a lot of theories on why that might be, um, but posit one for us. Posit one. Well, for for <laughs> throw me, throw one out there. For, from for example, for me is my parents um, were both doctors, and um, and I actually wanted to learn how to sew, and I also um, my dad spoke Spanish. I wanted to learn Spanish. My dad played the piano, and I think my parents, when I asked them to teach me those different things, were like, eh, they kind of suck. You know, my dad. You know, my dad had to had to learn Spanish. He had to learn piano. My mom had to learn to sew. So they were kind of like, you know, eh, we don't really want to teach you. If you want to go learn, go learn from somebody that really knows what they're doing. Um, so in my case, some of the stuff I did learn anyway, because you have to doing laundry. I actually do know how to sew a button. On the flip side of things, um, you know, some of the stuff I didn't learn because my parents really didn't like learning it. And they did. They felt forced to do it. So they didn't really want to share that burden with me. So then that leaves me, you know, 21, 22 without a few of the home ec steps that most people get. Um, we also, if I remember correctly, we had home ec in seventh grade, but they canceled the program in ninth. So I'm kind of on the cusp of people that did or that did get a little bit of home ec, but then it kind of went out the window after I got to school. Now, this character, is uh, is she is she a real person or is she sort of a, a composite, uh, your typical millennial type? Like, how, how would you describe her as a, as a person? I think she is a real person. I mean, interestingly enough, I think... I think she's she she kind of represents the person that would be my Jenny's best friend. Somebody so I'm somebody who kind of takes a lot of pride in doing adulty type things and being responsible for myself and dealing with all these things and when I need something I'll google it and I'll just figure it out. I'll figure out what I need. Producing. But, <laughs> right, right producing. But I think on the flip side of that there are a lot of people that have, you know, a, a high five figure six you know, early six-figure job that are they're either, they're either in law, they're in fashion, they're in PR, they're in social media. There are lots of new kinds of careers where, where you can be a fully functional adult and never have to have done a lot of these things, especially if you live in a big city like New York. So I think there are a lot of Janes out there. I think they're running PR firms and I think they're running, uh, fashion, you know, fashion design, um, fashion design marketing, and they're doing that sort of, sort of thing and they don't have necessarily enough time to to be the one sewing their own thing or doing their own thing. If they're in fashion, I sure hope they can sew that button. But, right. you know, <laughs> that's sort of the thought there.
To watch Adulting with Jane, visit adultingwithjane.com. They also have a new quarantine resource, adultingwithjane.com slash the onlive resource. Woe is She is an odd couple style comedy series about two friends forced to live together in New York City. Actor-producer Kathleen Simmons was recently on our program to talk about the show. So um, that show came about through a collaboration I have with two women that I went to um, the actor's studio with, Stephanie Fagan and Chelsea Lockie. Chelsea's a, a director and Stephanie's a writer and actress. And we were sitting around one day just thinking about the terrible scripts that we'd received as actors and the horrendous auditions we'd been on, um, which I'm sure you can all relate to, uh, and um, just deciding what we could do on our own. And at first it was sort of a, uh, us trying to wangle Stephanie into creating some real scenes for us just to get our, you know, package together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wrote these fantastic scenes that we thought, actually, these characters are amazing. This story is something we really connect to, so let's make it a series. So we made seven episodes, about six to eight minutes long, and we've had a lot of success in the festival circuit, and we're about to release in February. Describe the characters. Describe the, the, the woman you play and also uh, the other char- the main character. Yeah, so the main character, Jenny, and I play her best friend, Nicole, and it's a, basically what happens is uh, Jenny is diagnosed with depression, and she comes to live with her best friend, Nicole, who we describe as a well-meaning bad influence and uh, it's just a really raw story about two women who are going through um, an issue that a lot of women suffer with mental illness and trying to just live and work and succeed with that in the background was that sort of part of the point was it to make a a show that was sort of about mental illness or is just these are characters and one of them happens to be mentally ill? Correct, the second. So okay. we never intended for it to be about mental illness and we certainly never wanted to say that we are experts in the field in any way. That's probably a good move. <laughs> this is just, a, you know, this is just a story that the three of us really connected with. Um, I've had my own um, experience with depression, uh, which I, I believe a lot of creative people do. And so it was something that I could tell um, from my own perspective and we wanted to make it into a comedy it's a very dark comedy um just to make the the topic a little bit more palatable i suppose but that's just also the way that stephanie writes and she is just brilliant woe is she has done quite well for itself on the festival circuit uh they're currently on igtv facebook and vimeo their website is woeisheseries.com this year we attended the winter film awards which we featured on a recent episode of the show There we met another series creator, Stavrula Tosca. Here she is talking to our own Kayla Vera on the red carpet about her series, Switch. Kayla Vera for the rest of the weekend here with the creators of the web BDSM series, Stavrula and Catherine. Tell us a little more about your project. Yes, happy to. Um, so Switch is a series, it's a web series that I created based on my years of working as a dominatrix in New York City. I'd love to hear a little more information about it, if you sure. can share. Absolutely. Well, we would love to, you know, to have people visit our website, switchtheseries.com, and watch our series, which has won so far 14 awards all around the world. And it's you know pretty impressive. Um, I dived into that world thinking that I would be making a documentary exploring human nature and the lengths we will go to, especially men, in order to connect and reveal 
their true selves to somebody and that woman quite often is a dominatrix. I also wanted to create something that breaks um, down the stigma and the taboo surrounding the BDSM world because it's, uh, it's a world that's very healing and a lot of fun for so many people. Um, so I created Switch. I, I went undercover and I did research for five and a half years. So I worked as a dominatrix for five and a half years. Catherine was one of the very few people in my life that knew my secret, you know, and what I was doing on the side. And uh, I decided to put it out there as a web series. And we're currently developing it into a long form episodic, into a TV series. So it's a very exciting, for this pro a very exciting time for this project. Um, a very exciting time to be making the switch, I guess. Catherine, how, how uh, did you explore your character and how did you get ready for the role? Well, I have to tell you, I'm a nurse by profession. And it's so fascinating to me that there's so much connection between switch and a woman being a dominatrix and a woman being a nurse. Because people come to a dungeon or they come to the ER or they end in, up in ICU. And you, you just have to figure out how it's all going to play out and you have to figure out a way to make it work. And it's all about human nature and acceptance. And there is so much going on out there. And we're all beautiful people. It's, it's a great time also to be exploring the power dynamic between men and women, especially in the era of Me Too and Time's Up and, you know, feminism is yet again in the forefront and, you know, so many women are out there trying to claim their power and find their voice and there's so many men out there who are exploring their other side, their vulnerability, the trauma, the pain, uh, the PTSD. And it's just fascinating to me how so many people are still not aware that there's so much of that that takes place within the four walls of a BDSM establishment. So again, we tend to think of women who work as dominatrixes, as uh, sex workers or prostitutes, and it's anything but. It's a world that men especially, women and couples as well, but mostly men, go into it looking for anything but sex. So it's, you know, very psychological, and uh, I encourage everyone to check out the series at switchtheseries.com because you will change your mind about a lot of things. I am blown away. Thank, Thank you, you so much, ladies. Switch the Series is now available online at switchtheseries.com. So that's all we got for you today. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, visit our website, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com, and don't forget to subscribe to this space. I'd like to thank all of our guests and give a big shout-out to Kayla for helping us out. As always, thank you guys so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.